Good morning. I'm Ann Schindler, and this is First Coast Connect. Today, we're taking your calls and questions as part of our monthly Ask the Mayor segment. Jacksonville Mayor Donna Deegan is here to discuss downtown progress and setbacks, clashes with city council, and whatever you want to talk about. Give us a call at 904-549-2937 or email firstcoastconnect at wjct.org. You can also message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can tag us on X at FCC on Air. Later in the show, everyone's favorite deadly sin is the focus of an arranged marriage of art and literature. But first, welcome, Donna Deegan. What is everyone's favorite deadly sin? Well, take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it up to you. Okay. All right. I'll pick my own. The mind reels. <laughs> um, so li- since I last saw you, you ran a marathon or a half, half marathon? Half marathon. Yeah, I ran a half marathon. I, I, I haven't been able to, to have time to train for the full over the last couple of years, but the half was enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've also been pretty busy running the city. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's so that. what's new? Gosh, um, so much is new. You know, we're we're um, we've really launched heavily into this new literacy program, which we're very excited about. We had set a goal for for uh, three hundred thousand reading minutes um, for for folks to log on to this Beanstack app and, and log their hours. We're already over a hundred thousand minutes, so really? we're going to have to adjust that up pretty quickly. You know, it's funny because we had initially talked about making it a million minutes and thought, you know, let's set a goal that might be more realistic. Well. We're going to have to up that goal because we're, we're less than a month in and we're already over 100,000 minutes. And this Saturday, we're actually um, doing another event at the main library. Um, it's going to be so fun from one to two where we're going to have a, a children's author uh, who, who wrote a book about her husband, um, uh, Mike, the friendly firefighter who, uh, who, who unfortunately passed. Um, but the firefighters are going to be there. Um, she's going to read her book, which is a fantastic, beautiful children's book. Oh. There's going to be a fire truck for kids to climb on and and um, and firefighters to take pictures with and things. But the whole idea of continuing to do these events throughout the year is to just shine a light on how much fun reading is and how much it can bring into our lives. And so far, people seem to be really grabbing onto that. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Um, something that I think that that you might be very interested in is we're we're launching. Um, uh, a new transparency dashboard at City Hall, which will be up in about a week, where we'll have various departments. We'll start with things like uh, 630 City and Public Works and some of the more forward-facing that people might want to permitting, where people can see um, how the progress is going, you know, how, how our project's coming along. Um, hmm. sort, of, sort of keep us honest in terms of, of where we are on things, and people can sort of track that in real time. So, so these are things that we talked about during the campaign that we really wanted to make sure that we did um, to create a scenario where people had an opportunity to really play a more active role in their government. So, so, and then I think the other big exciting thing today is that we're going to be reopening Friendship Fountain. Which oh is, my gosh. I'm so excited about that. Long time coming. $8 million, um, at least in this first phase of, uh, of the park. But the fountain's going to have synchronized music and, and the technology is so much improved. It's just, it's, it's such a, it's such a gateway to Jacksonville and to downtown that I think it's that the park is going to be absolutely amazing. Very Instagrammable these days. I saw 100%. a little sneak peek and it's kind of got this like Bellagio feel to it. With yeah, like the, it does. Yeah. But because you're, you'll have the you'll have the music in sync with the lights and the and the water and, and all that. So but of course, you know, we're we're much better here than, than the Bellagio. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. We've got a couple <laughs> of calls I want to get to. Uh, Mark on the west side. Good morning. Welcome to First Coast Connect. Good morning. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning. Um, I've been hearing some things. I've been hearing some things over the last couple of months with the NFL, and they're. I don't know where this is going exactly, but the NFL apparently is going to merge with ESPN. And over the last few months, some of the the playoff games that used to be, you know, uh, free for all to see have been. You had to go to streaming services, mm-hmm. and apparently, from what I hear, the NFL is going to in the next few years make all games on some sort of pay-per-view basis that we won't be able to see them on uh, free live TV. And I don't think it's right for us to spend our taxpayer money if they're only going to use our stadium totally for profit. It'll only be, you can only get the games on a streaming service or you attend the games at the stadium. Uh, And I don't think that's right for us to pay for that. Well, let me just say, first of all, thanks for the call, but um, let me just say, first of all, I have not heard that. And I would be extraordinarily surprised at the television networks 
um, were cut out of uh, of NFL coverage. Uh, that would surprise me greatly. I'm not saying there won't be some things that are on streaming services, but it would it would very much surprise me if if television contracts went away. As far as the NFL is concerned, that said, he may know more than I do on that front. I have not heard that, and that's not anything that I've heard from the NFL in terms of any of the contract talks that we've had. So um, certainly that 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 wouldn't sound very appealing to me either. As far as as the stadium goes here in in Jacksonville, there there are so many reasons. Um, beyond just economic development that I think that's going to be an important piece for our city. Um, you know, if we want to keep our NFL team, and I believe that we do, and I believe most citizens in this city, if you talk to them, even the ones that don't really want to spend public money there, really want to keep the team. And the NFL has made it abundantly clear that without uh, without certain upgrades um, and without certain commitments from cities, they're just not going to do that. So um, so we're, we are, as I've said from the beginning, going to create the very best deal that we can for Jacksonville, for our taxpayers, for our citizens, and, um, and create as much economic development out of that as we possibly can. One of the things that I have been most involved in, we've got, as you know, a, a professional negotiating team that's used to negotiating with the NFL, working out the financial details. But as far as the things that I'm spending most of my time on personally is is looking at varying ways that we can take that that community economic development piece, the community empowerment piece um, that that is going to be a, a really significant part of the contract um, and make sure that we're creating some economic empowerment for those communities around um, the stadium. There was an interesting proposal that's been discussed this week in the news about a way to finance stadium improvements, um, which I thought was unique, this possibility that it could be possibly that, that the pension fund, the city's own pension fund could be that pool of money to draw from. Yeah, it would basically be keeping it all in the family. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and then, of course, you'd, you'd have to pay the pension fund back at, at, at the rate at which they would target their investments. So um, I don't know that that's something that will actually happen. That is uh, that is an idea that uh, that Mike Weinstein uh, floated to me and said that this is just one of the many options that I'm looking at. And uh, and it's intriguing because yeah. it, it really is. I, I, I told him at the very beginning, Mike, think out of the box. Um, this is going to be a big ticket item regardless of what the price tag is. Right. Because it's just a lot of money, regardless of of, of any way you look at it. Um, and, and I said, you know, come up with with creative ways in which this would allow us to do this um, with the resources that we have. And um, and and I think um, it's just one of the things he's looking at. We're talking to Mayor Donna Deegan. We're taking your calls at 904-549-2937 and your emails at firstcoastconnect at wjct.org. Jim in Riverside, good morning. Welcome to First Coast Connect. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, uh, Mayor Deegan, so you were elected to do things, and it seems once again that the council has caught the do-nothing virus from their counterparts in Congress. Uh, I see them trying to thwart you from bringing in uh, private money that you want to do things and also federal and state grant money that you want to do things, basically money that doesn't come from them. And, uh, from, and so I was, I would ask, how can you combat that to get some things done and how can we help? Well, listen, I, I, I appreciate the comments. Um, I think that most of the folks on the city council really want to get things done. I think there are a lot of political pressures that surround um, the fact that, frankly, we have divided government now. You have a Democratic mayor with a Republican majority council, and I think they get a lot of pressure to, um, I'll say, create uh, distractions. And I do think there are a handful of them that, that do make that a priority. I think the great majority of the people on the council really do want to move forward and, and make sure they are doing everything that they can to move this city forward. Um, as far as um, that is concerned, look, um, I have made it abundantly clear that I don't appreciate efforts to do anything that's going to diminish our, our balance of, of, of authority here in the city. We have a strong mayor form of government, um, and this council seems at least in part intent on taking one-time issues and turning them into reasons to take um, authority away from the mayor's office. I think that's unfortunate. But let me just say this. Uh, I will not be deterred from my absolute mission, which is to get things done for the people of this city. I outlined some of those things this morning. Uh, the $26 million, which I'm proud to say that council approved unanimously to create some of our initiatives 
um, is is getting to be uh, getting in full swing right now, where we're we're funding all of those different initiatives, which I know are also initiatives that are are important to many on the council. Uh, so I look forward to doing all that. Um, the distractions aside, um, I'm going to keep focused on what I need to do. And if 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 there are certain people on the council uh, that want to continue to create um, issues for for political expediency, then then they'll have to do that. But I, I am going to continue to be focused on the agenda of moving this city forward and doing everything I can for the people of Jacksonville. That's why I'm here. Um, I've said this before, and, um, you know, I don't have any political aspirations beyond the office of mayor. That frees me to just do what I think is the right thing. I'm not always going to get it right. I'm going to try to get it right. But, but the bottom line is a lot of these folks that are on the council um, are taking some cues from, from frankly, a, a local GOP leadership that, that, that believes the divisiveness works for them. I campaigned on ending that divisiveness, uh, on, on creating a new culture in City Hall, and I believe that we're, we're starting to see some of, the, some of the fruits of that. But anybody who thought that that culture that, that basically, you know, believes in that toxic sort of combative, divisive, um, political nature uh, is not going to go away overnight and it probably won't go away at all. But the more that you ask what you can do, um, the more you can be involved in your city government, the more you can show up to speak your mind, the more you can vote. Um, those are ways in which you can use your voice to make sure that, that, that people in this city are heard and that we create more of a unifying presence here as opposed to one of division. We've got a comment uh, in that vein from Gregory on X. He says the city council has shown over the last several months that they are determined that it is they, not she, who run this town. How will the mayor be able to work with the council to advance her goals to move Jacksonville to a better place? Um, we also have Tom on the west side who has a similar comment, I believe. Good morning, Tom. Uh, good morning to you both. Yes, my question was uh, if... Uh the mayor uh, thought that uh, 2446 that they uh, just passed that limits her authority is consistent with the city charter. I think there may be problems because, as you mentioned, uh, the city established was established with a strong mayor. Also, a quick answer to uh, Mark's question. Uh, the NFL says it's committed to on-air broadcast. Okay, great. In, in terms of working with council, look, you know, and, I, and I've said this too, and anybody at any level of government will tell you this. Um, you know, politics or, or that or that, you know, necessity for some people to say certain things publicly um, is my least favorite part of the job. I, I, I don't I don't love it, but I know that it's part of the political landscape. Um, but that does not mean that I cannot work well with members of city council. As I've said, most of them really want to move this city forward. And a lot of our goals are aligned. The so, 2446 that he's referencing, that's the veto power bill that was approved this week. Is, is that what he's talking about? I'm not sure which one that is. It, maybe he could. There's 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 so many that were passed this week. I'm not sure which one he's talking about. There was one on on single source um, uh, contracts. There was another one um, that uh, that gave more power to the sheriff in terms of of, of being able to to weigh in on on settlements. settlements. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was another one that, that limited my ability to to take in private money to to do certain projects like monuments and and um, I'm, I, I've said repeatedly that that's the only monument I, I plan to, to, to remove. Um, but that's why I said so much of this is is simply um, a solution in search of a problem. But but it 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 provides fodder for political um discussion. And, and so, but I think when we get, when we get behind closed doors and we're really discussing moving the city forward, most of those council people really want to do that. We're not always going to agree on how best to do that, but I think we've worked well together. I think the $26 million um, that we have put into our initiatives is really a good example of that. And so, so I think don't, don't take everything that you see that is said publicly and assume that that is how negotiations or other commentary goes on privately. We will continue to work together to move the city forward. Um, and occasionally we're going to have these very, um, unfortunately, high profile situations that distract us from the main goal, which is to get things done for the people of the city. Do you have a, a better relationship um, with some of the city council members who've been contentious, particularly on these issues behind the scenes than you do as it would appear to the public? Yeah. 
I, I do. How about with TK? I mean, how do you, how is your relationship with the sheriff? Are you able to kind of pierce the political veil there when you're talking to him? Um, Cause it does seem like it's a very political interaction these days. Well, look, I, I, I have said repeatedly that I have had a good relationship with TK since I have been in office. We've had very good conversation. Again, we don't always agree on everything, but where we do, we've worked together. We created a, a public service announcement on, on trying to educate people on how to store their guns safely so that they're not used in crimes or, or, or stolen or, or any of the number of horrible things that can happen when people have a gun taken from, from their possession. Um, you know, so I work with the sheriff pretty well. And I think, unfortunately, again, I think that that a lot of folks try to create um, sort of a narrative there that doesn't really exist in terms of this current bill that just passed city council. My main concern on that bill, um, I, I 100 percent agree with the sheriff that he needs to be notified when um, when when these things come up. And and from what I understand, um, both his officers and and his office are, are notified. Um, and, and in this case, we're notified. And in this case, we're notified. Um, but but I was I was hopeful we could work on a structure there that wouldn't require putting into place an ordinance that 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 my concern is after talking to our CFO and after after listening to the general counsel that may end up costing us a lot of additional dollars and possibly problems in in, in insurance um, because it's really no mayor or or anyone else in city government really spends any time on those things beyond the professionals that are that are are there to, to, to determine risk. And, and, and they also work with the officers and everything else. My concern is that. And then, and then obviously I'm concerned about exposure for the officers themselves if these cases don't get solved, but I'm sure the sheriff is concerned about that as well. Um, I spoke with the council president about the bill. He, he was, he was very committed to making this go. And, uh, but he did tell me, he said, look, if any of these things materialize, because they're, they're frankly not convinced they will. He said, if any of these things, these you things, mean, if, if, if there was a veto, if, if someone who was a constitutional officer objected to a proposed settlement, is that what you mean? No, by no, no. What I'm saying is that that council is obviously not convinced that any of these financial concerns are 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 real. Um, so he but but the council president did say to me that that if, in fact, those things materialize, then he's he's willing to go back and, and, and revisit this right now. They want to give the sheriff this opportunity with a with a with a veto from from uh uh, the council president, um, and uh, and that's that's what the supermajority of the council said. So. so so far, insurance premiums as the city go up, he'd be willing to revisit it. I think I think any number of things. You know, if if we end up if you if you end up looking at at, at millions in, in in legal fees, in additional legal fees, if you end up looking at an insurance if, issue, if you end up with officers who 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 are in a precarious having to uh, pay out of pocket, position. basically, right? Um, so so I think all of those things. Um, Again, I'm not sure this legislation was necessary, um, but uh, it is um, it is where we are. We've got a call. Uh, Stanley on the north side. Good morning, Stanley. Good morning, ladies. I am so impressed with the mayor. I support the mayor. Thank you. That doesn't mean I agree with everything, but when it comes to 90% of the things she, she does, I support her. She's on the right track. Uh, I will be working with the mayor when it comes to the urban court, uh, 54 years of disenfranchisement. But I will be working because she's the right kind of mayor. Now, I want members of city council, a segment of the city council, to get out of her way. And I'm talking about those mayor Republicans. Thank you. Thank you, Stanley. Thanks, Stanley. We're talking to Mayor Donna Deegan, and we're taking your calls and emails. Um, we have a comment from Mike on X. He says, when will the mayor start community-wide meetings to discuss the comprehensive removal of all monuments, markers, symbols, and names that glorify the Confederacy, racism, discrimination, segregation, and all forms of oppression as proposed by the Northside Coalition and the Civic Council? Yeah, I can tell you that that at least in terms of, of uh, Springfield Park, um, we are in the process of trying to work on developing charrettes to, to talk to those issues um, of what we want to do with the park, um, of what may become of, of, of the, the statues. Um, that's where we're focused right now. Um, there may be a larger discussion that occurs in conjunction with that. Um, but I, I think um, to suggest to you that I have a timetable for those in terms of anything immediately within the next weeks, I don't have that yet. Um, I think that um, perhaps this 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 past 
month needs to settle a bit. Um, we're still waiting to see the the um, the eventual. Um, it sounds like the legislature is in Florida is not going to deal with this issue, but nothing's ever over till it's over. So so once we see how that whole landscape settles out, then then I'm, I'm hopeful that we can do that in the spring. You know, you, you mentioned the bill that was in uh, the legislature that was proposed by our own Dean Black. He's a Jacksonville Republican, uh, would have penalized mayors like yourself for removing Confederate monuments, would have required some of them to be put back. And, and the um, it appears now that there may be that those bills might be dead, um, it, it, largely because the people who were supporting it were openly racist. Um, what What is your sense of how that the, the people who support the Confederacy who are self-avowed white supremacists were supporting this bill? Does that surprise you? And, and the fact that their association might actually derail the bill? Look, I, 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 what, whatever derails that bill, and the fact it is derailed, I think is a good thing. Uh, obviously, um, I have said so many times that we need to stop litigating the Civil War. We need to move forward and, and we need to, we cannot have, when I talk about unity all the time, Anne, that is not, um, you, you can't have unity in, in, in absence of, of seeing everyone's humanity. Unity doesn't mean acquiescence to injustice. You have to have unity that is brought about by seeing everybody and bringing everybody in. Um, that said, um, it is very, very clear when you look at some of these comments um, where where racism plays in this issue. Um, it, it is a part of this issue in a big way. And I think that, that to see that recognized is, is a positive thing. Um, but I, like I said, in Tallahassee, having covered Tallahassee for many, many years, um, Nothing's nothing's done until the hanky drops. So I'm 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 watching along with everybody else. I want to talk a little bit about downtown um, because you mentioned the Friendship Fountain, which after a lot of delays got kickstarted, which is great. But also this fire that happened at the Doro yeah. uh, Rise Doro building was a huge setback in a way for that part of downtown. Um, a lot of businesses around there waiting, you know, for this apartment building that was just about to fill up with tenants. It was. Um, they, were, they were within a week of of moving their first set of tenants in there. It's, it's heartbreaking. Honestly, I've said it before, but I, you know, I, I, um, I'm, I'm grateful to hear that, that the developer does want to go back and, and restart. Now, I don't know how long that will take. I don't know how long the investigation and all of those things will take. Um, but, um, but they have said they want to begin again. They would like to do uh, more of a concrete and steel construction than to, than to use wood is what I've been told. Um, that's going to be more expensive, obviously. Um, but uh, they, they have all kinds of incentives now for, for why that may be a good idea. Yeah, it's really interesting that they're thinking about doing it. I mean, it would be way more expensive. It, it, does it give you pause about other buildings that are essentially wood structures like that? I mean, there's so many. Um, I think people were surprised at how flammable and quickly that building burned. I mean, obviously, a lot of the safety systems weren't in place. Well, they, they weren't because the, the final inspections hadn't been done. Um, once the final inspections had been done on that sprinkler system, that would have been on. So that that may have solved. Does that suggest the like any need for um, maybe a revision of how those sprinkler system, the timetable for things, you know, the safety measures to be finalized, perhaps earlier? Yeah, perhaps. But 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 I, I think for me, until I have some decent idea of what happened here, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think none of us knows what caused this fire or or you know why it went up the way it did. Now, there were 30 mile an hour winds, you know, that were that were blowing over the course of those two days nonstop. So so that certainly did not help. But but look, if everybody had had the the resources to build concrete and 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 steel construction, that's probably what they would do. But I don't think that means necessarily that using wood is 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 a bad thing. I mean, obviously, houses go up all over the city all the time and they don't catch on fire every day. Something happened here. We don't know what happened yet, but but certainly I think it's worth looking at those things and seeing if perhaps um, those mechanisms might um, might have to go into place early or at least discuss a change. Can the city do anything to kind of sweeten the pot for this developer that has to kind of come in and start over again? Um, because it seems like a difficult, you know, back foot posture to it, have to it redo does, it does everything. Seem like that. Look, we we work with every developer that 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 wants to to do work in the city. Um, the, the fact is that, that we, and, and this is something that people need to be aware of, the fact is that you, if you have anything that, 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 that is going to be built in the city of Jacksonville that's over, over six stories high, we don't have a lot of the people here 
in the city that do that work. We don't have that workforce here um, in, in any sort of grand scale. So that adds about 20% to the cost of what a developer would have to pay to go up on a high-rise situation. Um, Lower-rise buildings are, are, are not quite as, obviously, not quite as, as labor-intensive or, or the same type of labor. And so we have an easier time with those. But every single developer that comes into the city, we try to work with because at some point we want to get to that, to that point where we have enough going up at once to where we get that, basically that spontaneous combustion that, that, that just takes us to no, where everybody no wants to be No pun intended there. Oh gosh, no, gosh, what a terrible, goodness. <laughs> sorry. Can you, could you please help me? I, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm sorry that I used that, that, uh, that term that did not help did it but what i'm saying is we want the key in the ignition in downtown and that will that will ha- happen when we have enough of these projects going up at once we've got a call done uh give us uh, your comments don welcome to first coast connect you there don yeah go ahead i'm sorry uh, okay i noticed uh, the other day that uh some of the uh sheriff's officers were dressed in what looked like military uniforms instead of the normal blue uniforms. So I didn't, didn't, couldn't see any badges or anything. It was khaki clothes. And we, we've got a terrible connection. Tracks. We've got a bad connection, but where did you see that? It was in Riverside. I was going into the uh, flesh market at the time. Okay. Um, but it made me feel like I was in a, a military state or something. It was, you know, that's Thanks, Don. You familiar with that? I, not- I am not. I'm afraid I haven't seen that, so I couldn't comment on it. I don't know. Okay. Um, thanks for the call anyway. Uh, we are taking your calls. If you want to get in touch with the mayor, she's here at 904-549-2937. You can also email us at firstcoastconnect at wjct.org or reach out on social media. Um, the story that has been getting um, a lot of attention in re- relation to JSO especially on social media, is a video that appears to show a JSO officer slapping uh, a young man that he's detained and handcuffed. Um, I don't know if you've seen the video or if it it concerns you, but there's also moving through Tallahassee a bill that would outlaw, you know, uh, oversight boards, citizen oversight boards would make those, you know, um, illegal on the local level. Um, I wonder if you have any thoughts about, you know, how the city is doing, how JSO is doing in terms of repairing or restoring its relationship with the community? Um, well, I, I know that the sheriff has made transparency a, a, a big a big point um, of his administration. Uh, I know that he he does a lot of walks around the community, which, which is another good way to connect with people uh, in Jacksonville. Um, as far as this particular instance goes, somebody sent me that video. I can't tell you that I've seen the whole thing. Um, but uh, I have said in the past that that I think some sort of iteration of it doesn't have to be a civilian review board, but 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 some some way in which community groups can can have better communication um, with with the sheriff's office in terms of of these types of things, I think would be helpful. Um, the sheriff believes that would be detrimental to his officers, and and that's where he stands on that issue. And I don't know where the bill is in Tallahassee, but but to me, um, anytime you can increase communication, the Supreme Court made it abundantly clear in Florida back in 2017 that any civilian oversight board has absolutely no legal authority over a sheriff's office. He is the, he is the duly elected sheriff. He gets to make the decisions. Um, but but there's, there, to me, anything you can do to, to give people uh, that ability to feel that they are communicating in a way that that helps to protect them and the sheriff's office is a good thing to me. So I'd like for us to move some direction on that. Um, I don't know where the bill is in Tallahassee, but but uh, for the moment, that doesn't seem to be something that that the sheriff is interested in. I'm hopeful that it's just because we haven't come up with the format that that is um, that that is that is workable. But um, he does seem very interested in in additional transparency. And and so I, I hope that that will expand to something that might resemble something like that. I want to ask you just because it's uh, jury selection is starting today in the JEA corruption case against two former uh, executives of the municipal authority. Is that something that you followed as it was developing? Is that something that you are going to be following closely in the next month as, as the trial occurs? 
Well, certainly. I think we've all followed it. I mean, it was it was um, one of those things that that sort of branded in your brain for that period of time, almost almost in a in a surreal way where you can't believe it actually happened. Um, at least that's, that's or the that way it, it came so close to happening. That's what I mean. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's the whole thing sort of reads like a novel. Um, but sure, we're I'm, I'm watching it. Um, I have I have often wondered over the last several weeks if perhaps that's that's um, you know one of the reasons that there's there's so much additional conversation happening around other issues right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that that um, there are a lot of folks that would prefer that we not pay such close attention to that trial. Um, but I think the people of Jacksonville certainly are interested in it, and we want to make sure that something like that um, never happens again in our city. So, so I, I will certainly be watching that. If there is not a conviction, of course, you know they have a process to go through. <clears throat> They've pleaded innocent, um, or pleaded not guilty. Uh, but if they were to be acquitted, uh, do you think that that would be a big disappointment for people in the city? I mean, do you think that the city is intent upon having um, the two men charged in this case? convicted for the corruption that they've been accused of. I think the big thing is that people want to know what happened. I think that's the bottom line is they is that I think people feel like there's still a lot of uh, shadow around what happened with our public utility and who was involved in that. So so whatever the outcome, I, I trust the criminal justice system to 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 come out with whatever the right outcome is there. But I do think people are very interested in learning all the steps that 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 happened in that process. And, and as you said, we came we came perilously pl- close to, to losing our our public utility, which some would argue is one of our greatest assets in the city. You know, the corruption component is is one element of this, but how much of, of the the responsibility for just the overall issue that got to this point do you put on the on the former mayor? I don't know. I mean I, I it's it's um I think that that's one of the things that that will probably be brought to light in in a lot of these discussions. I really don't know. I, I know that, that that certainly nobody in the in the former administration has been charged with anything. Um, so I, I think there was I, I think at the very least there was certainly a strong interest in exploring privatization, which, of course, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think in terms of of how far and how deep that that went, um, that is something all of us have a very strong interest in wanting to know. We've got a call, Bob in Atlantic Beach. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. How are you doing? Well, how are so you? I have a comment to make about how people view the city of Jacksonville. We don't view the entire city. We yell and scream about a particular issue. For example, I work with a nonprofit, Florida Youth Maritime Training. The city of Jacksonville supports us by uh, renting us a piece of property for a dollar a year. We're training about 60 young people a year who are making about $60,000, which is bringing in a fair amount of money to the city. But we don't focus on stuff like that. I don't want to focus on Florida youth necessarily, but we should start to focus on everything, not just particular issues, because the way we measure the health of the city is by everything, not by one thing. Thank you, Bob. I, I so agree with that. And this is one of the things that we really are trying to do. You know, one of my one of my big goals when I came into office was in, to increase our public private partnerships and to shine a light on some of the great work that our local um, nonprofit community is doing. Um, that's one of the reasons we talk so much about trying to bring more more money into Jacksonville from through federal grants and other and other things. We want to make sure that we are creating those relationships that will make our city successful. And he's right. There's so much good work going on. And, and, and I think that's the, you see this so much nationally, right? And my hope is that we can hold it off locally as much as possible to where people get so fatigued. And I think sometimes that's the, that's the game. People get so fatigued with the chaos of it all that they just want to disconnect. And I want to connect people to their government. I want to bring people into City Hall and make them feel like they are a part of it. And what Bob is talking about is exactly what we are trying to do, is to create a spotlight on programs like that and partnerships like that that actually create great value for all of our citizens. And the rest of this, you know, about a handful of people care about these political food fights. But they end up taking up so much oxygen in the room that people have a view of Jacksonville that just isn't Jacksonville. So, I mean, you come from a media background. So when the media is, is focusing on those stories, I mean, you kind of know how a newsroom works I and, do. And, and how that machine operates. What how, Do you have a special skill as a mayor now to, to sort of 
work around that, work through that, combat the way that those uh, that tunnel vision can develop on certain issues? Look, I don't know if it's if if it's if it's a skill as as a mayor or a journalist or or anything or just my own personal conviction. Um, I have a very different view of the world than a lot of people that come into jobs like this. I am very um, I am very love and unity focused over fear and division focused. I just I've been that way for a long time. I, maybe that comes from my nonprofit work. Um, but but I when, when I say that, I don't want mean for that to sound, you know, dippy. It's it really is. It's, it's a process of let's find the good and let's promote the good. Um, when I, I have my gaggle with, with, the, with the press every couple of weeks. And basically that's one of the things that I said to them is, look, I, you know, uh, I think Jim Piggott was the one that asked me, do you see things differently from this seat now than you did when you were a journalist? And I said, no. And if you, you remember in the short time that you worked with me, I was always the one going into the newsroom mm-hmm. saying, let's do the stuff that provides value to people. Why do we have to talk? It seems like we come into these meetings half the time trying to figure out how we're going to take our clothes off today to make sure that people pay attention to what we're saying. It's it's it is it is the it is the the the, the trial of our times in journalism because we need journalists now more than we have ever needed them. But because their resources are so cut and because it's twenty four seven, there is this absolute um, willingness sometimes to just go after whatever the quick, sexy thing is. Um, and that doesn't do people the greatest service. So, so, so journalists are going to say what they want. And I told them I will defend to my death their right to do that. But at the end of the day, I would love to see us focus on those things that improve the lives of people in Jacksonville and not get caught up in the food fight so much. Jacksonville Mayor Donna Deegan, uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate this talk every month that we look forward to seeing you again next month. Thanks, Anne. Me yep. too. All right. Up next, lust is the focus of a high-level discussion of art and literature. Welcome back. Book, art, dialogue. My next guest collaborate to synthesize their passions and bring community members together for a cerebral discussion. I'm joined now by two women who've married their passion for literature and art in a series called Appropriately Lit Archer. Archer? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Just call it Lit Art for short. Lit Art. There you go. Stacey Goldring, Cindy Edelman, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much, Anne. It's great to be here. Yeah, Sandy. So we know you from our first Coast Book Club, um, but literature, lit art is a different goal. Did I just call you Sandy? That's okay. You're thinking of Sandra D because I so favor <laughs> Olivia Newton-John it's in that particular just... outfit that you can't oh, help Anne, it. Oh, you, okay. you don't realize what you're in it's for. It's okay. It's okay. Stacey, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> okay. I, I, I have to take, um, I take great umbrage that you use the word cerebral about uh, Cindy and myself. What do you mean? It is cerebral. It's not. It's, it's, it's a deep dive. Yeah. Okay. What's wrong with sorry? Cerebral? Did we interrupt? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, so. This I, is <clears throat> this is par for the course, Anne. So. Is this how it goes? Yeah. A All right. Bit. Yeah. Sorry. Lust is the focus. I, absolutely. Um, tell us what the the what lit art does is where it came about. Stacy. Sure. Cindy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, back in 2016, Cindy and I were pretty fractured walking around, not knowing where our place was in the world. We were longing for civil discourse in the community. And so on a, I don't, I don't remember exactly what day, but we met in Starbucks in San Marco to talk about is our love. Uh, Stacy was running, I don't know how many book clubs at the time. We, we, she won't even tell me the exact because number. Because it's math. 
flowed as math. And I was teaching art history. I taught AP art history at Bowles. And so we decided that that art and literature are, are, are topics that have commonality for all people. Anybody in the community can relate as an American to art and literature. And so we, we talked about ostensibly wanting to take that further and, and develop a, a program where we could talk about particular books and, and works of art and make it fun. And so you pick the book, you marry it to a work of art. How does that work? Who's p- picking the books? How do you select the well, art? it depends who thinks they're in charge that day. Are you in charge well, most of the time? Or? No, <laughs> that would be a no. So in a perfect world, we plan in advance. Every year we have a theme. And we try, we try to keep to the theme. So this year's theme is the seven deadly sins. And we, I'm sorry, I just look at you, you just have such a great smile this morning. I just have to just, oh my goodness, such, I wish everyone could see. So this year it's the seven deadly sins and we have four sessions. So seven, oh well, there's math again. So we're going to hit a few this year, right? So this month we have uh, selected lust as one of the seven deadly oh. sins. So I'm going to talk about uh, Madame Bovary and uh-huh. Cindy's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about uh, art. Lust in art through the centuries, uh, everybody from Fragonard in the 18th century, the swing, where you have a young woman in a swing and her unsuspecting husband is pushing her and then her uh, paramour who commissioned the painting is is hiding in the bushes looking at her open legs while she's swinging. That's My. just one example. Yeah. My goodness. It's, uh, yeah. And it's then, a lot of fun. So the, yeah. the, the art is not necessarily related to the literature that you're reading, but the it's, theme is the theme, theme, theme is, is yeah. And actually, mm-hmm. I found a few uh, illustrations from Madame Bovary that uh, are you know that relate to the drama in it. But what we you know because lust okay, it's common in all of us. We just have to look in the mirror and admit that, right? But this is what happens when lust goes a little overboard in uh, Madame Bovary. And clearly, if you're swinging and you have your husband at one end when you swing and the other end, you have your paramour, it makes for very interesting discussion. But the other thing is, Anne, we, we try to make the art relevant to today. And so uh, there's, an, there's one of the images I'm going to talk about is Tracy Emmons' bed that she actually turned into a work of art. And uh, that was in the, the 19, late 80s. And it's really quite extraordinary. I mean, that and now it's considered to be, uh, you know, just a, a classic, if you will. So we're going to have to pull it together very, very briefly. Stacy. how can people get involved? Sure. So they go to searchingforidentity.org and they look up Literature under programs and they can sign up right there. And we meet next Wednesday at the Community Foundation Conference at, Room at noon. At noon. Awesome. And it's 90 minutes. Yes. And all proceeds go to searching for identity. Well, Stacy Goldring and Cindy Edelman, you are fun. Thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having Happy us, Happy to Anne. be here. All right. Up next, what's happening in the week ahead? Vickers Landing offers elegant retirement living in the heart of Ponte Vedra Beach. Our sawgrass and oak bridge campuses feature amenities galore, resort lifestyle, comprehensive security, and plans for every stage of aging. Retirement redefined. VickersLanding.com. Mosh's 2024 Gala takes you from galaxy to garden, a celebration of fantastical elements found in our backyard. This event supports the Mosh Genesis Initiative to create a new state-of-the-art museum. More info at mosh.org. Scott Tong, a Palestinian-American translator and his family escaped Gaza thanks to his U.S. passport. 
but leaving friends and family behind was hard to talk about. And we had to grapple with that on a daily basis, this feeling of guilt that we were able to leave because I have a foreign passport. His story, next time in Here and Now. Today at 1 on WJCT News 89.9. On the next Florida Roundup, public worker unions. This is Tom Hudson. An investigation by one of our partner stations finds tens of thousands of Florida public union workers have lost their collective bargaining rights, and more will. A new law took effect a year ago requiring many public unions to have at least 60% of its members pay dues. Are you in a public union like a teacher's union or administrative work for local government? Do you pay dues? Email us, radio at thefloridaroundup.org. Then join us Fridays noon until 1. This year, the Super Bowl's organizers were keen to tout their green credentials. Still, close to 900 private jets landed in Vegas over the weekend, one of them carrying Taylor Swift. She's now threatening legal action against a Florida University student who's been tracking her private flights. A closer look at the rich and famous and the harm they're causing the planet next time on 1A. Today, starting at 10 on WJCT News 89.9. And we're back. There's a lot happening in Jack's this weekend for music fans, car nuts, canine companions, and everyone in between. We're joined now by our Thursday arts and entertainment guru, Yaya Cordona, sadly without her little fashionable no. pup, Mambo. <laughs> he stayed with his Mima today. So Mambo's with Mima. Yeah, Mambo's with Mima. Mm-hmm. So shout out to my little baby, Mambo. And we're thinking about her too. Yes, and anybody that's listening to us today, remember you can follow along with us on Create Jack's website, C-R-E, the number 8, jacks.com. And you can find all the events going on in Jacksonville on that website. And we're also joined by our musical <gasps> guru, David Luckin, host of Electro Lounge. He's going to mm-hmm. give us a little info uh, in a bit. But Yaya, why don't you get us rolling? What's what is catching your eye this week in the week ahead? Well, I'm excited about there's so much going on this weekend. Let's start off with tomorrow, Friday, with the Jacksonville Auto Auto Show. It's going to be held at the Prime Osborne. Um, I love car shows. I remember going to them when I was young with my parents. It's one of those hardcore memories in my head. I don't know why. So if you have no plans with your kids, this is a great one to take out your kids. You can purchase your tickets on Eventbrite. Um that's going to be going on this whole weekend, all right? And they have a, a fun ladies' night for tomorrow, Friday. So check that out. Nice. Uh, also, uh, starting off uh, this Friday, we're going to be talking about the movie night in the park. Is Love and Basketball is uh, going to be held at the classic. A. Phillips Randolph Park. Yep, a love classic. And this is brought to you by Melanin Market. This is free family friendly come out with your family your date um, bring your picnic food and watch a nice movie at the park the movie is love and basketball starting at 6 p.m also if you're into raves uh, there's a cool rave going on this Friday at the Walrus. The Walrus wow. is doing a lot for the community. Walrus is really doing yeah. a lot of events. A, a lot. lot. Of, yep. Shout out to the Walrus and everything that's going on in Murray Hill in general. But that's happening this Friday at 8 p.m. It's $15 to get in. They're going to have vendors, music, um, raffles. So check that out. Uh, that will be at the Walrus. We also have... Um, I want to talk about the Winterland Festival oh, yeah. going on. This weekend. This weekend. So that yes. is a really cool locally produced music. So next weekend. Oh, it's next weekend. I'm so sorry. It's next weekend, the 23rd and 25th. But I want to talk about it right now because they're already selling tickets and they're going by pretty quickly. So check it out. It's going to be Friday, Saturday and Sunday at James Weldon Johnson Park. They're going to have music from Blonde Redhead, Thelma. They're going to have Caroline Rose Ebony Payne English is coming back to Jacksonville uh, to perform. They're going to have Rambler Kane, Isaiah Kohler, Bobby Kidd, Cowboy, and so much more. It's a cool festival. A very cool festival. David, I want to bring you in for a second because there's an event happening tonight at our own WJCT soundstage. Black Opry will be on our soundstage. I got to see them last year in Philly. They are amazing. I invite everyone to come out. Doors open at 7, concert at 8. And for two lucky people, we have two tickets. If you will email us at firstcoastconnect at wjct.org in the subject line just say i want tickets 
and we will randomly select a couple of tickets for someone. So uh, send Freebies. us your emails right now at firstcoastconnect.wjct.org. And if you've got tickets, come on down tonight. You're going to love the show. It's really, really good. David, you should come on every Thursday to give away something free. Hey, I'm uh, here for hey, that. I'm, I'm good for that. <laughs> Let's tell the venues, give us tickets, and I'd love to come in and help promote them. Yeah, Black Opera is one not to miss. Yes, for sure. And uh, so check that out. That's going to be tonight at WJCT Studios. I also want to talk about what is going on uh, this Saturday. Inside Jack's is a collab cafe. Uh, the collab cafe. At this point, the Inside Jack's party is a staple and nightlife that's happening here in Jacksonville. It's going to take place at Park Place, and they're going to have um, Naps Whippin, who's one of my favorite chefs here in Jacksonville. They're going to have DJs performing. Um, Arrive early. This is going to be a party. It's five dollars to get in at Park Place. So that is this Saturday. One thing I want to get you to talk about, since you didn't bring your little puppy today, know, is Dog Fest in Jack's Beach. <gasps> yes. I mean, this is a good one. Canine Companions. It's uh supports the mission of the group and raises money. It's a good cause. Oh. It welcomes dog lovers. There's food. There's crafts. All kinds of stuff cooking. That's on Saturday, 11 to 4, and it's free. Jack's Beach. I'm going to have to take a little mumble, see if I can find a girlfriend for him. Oh, he could you use know, a little Maybe mate. a boyfriend for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> All in one. Good and luck to the both of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. It's also Untold Stories coming. This, yes, tonight yeah. at Untold Stories is Babs. I have the, I'm the honor... Um, I had the honor of being um, part of the Untold Story crew. I was oh. on season two. Uh, and so if you guys don't know what Untold Stories is created by um, Barbara Coachello. And what they do is she gets local people and she gives them a theme and they talk about something that happened in their life around this and theme. this theme is winter. Yes. So This theme is winter. They have 15 minutes to go up there and tell their stories. I absolutely love it. Um, it it's Best. such a feel-good event. If people want the list, they go to CreateJacks. CreateJacks.com. If you have an event that you want to submit, go to CreateJacks. And today's word of the day is pineapple. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, Yaya Love Jacks. Pineapple. Yaya, David, and uh, Missing Mambo. But oh, thank you all for end. being here today. Thank you. <laughs> thank right. you. And that's our program. You can e email your feedback and suggestions for future conversations to firstcoastconnect.wjct.org. Same email if you want those free tickets. The executive producer of First Coast Connect is David Luckin. Our producer is Stacey Bennett. Kathy Waterman is our associate producer, and our show is directed by Brady Corum. Join us again tomorrow when we discuss the week's biggest headlines from a new superintendent search to an expansion of the sheriff's legal oversight. I'm Ann Schindler, and you've been listening to First Coast News, listening to First Coast Connect on WJCT News 899. We sat down at the table Waiting for daddy to come home Waiting Right about the times when Support for First Coast Connect is provided by Baptist Health and the North Florida TPO.